Welcome back to the Throne Hands podcast, the boxing and UFC podcast of U92 The Moose. I forgot to introduce myself last time, so here <laughs> I am right now. I am Jacob Janoski, your moderator of this wonderful podcast. And with me today is Nick Severini. Nick, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing fantastic. You know what I mean? I'm finally excited to get on this uh, fighting podcast here at U92. And um, I got to say, we couldn't have chosen uh, a better time to start in the world of fighting. You had uh, your first couple of episodes uh, revolving around uh, Wilder Fury. And uh, now we can finally talk some UFC, uh, the best fighting comp in the world. And uh, it's just going to it's gonna be a very exciting one, Jacob. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so we got a nice little deck lined up for you here for UFC 248. That is what we are previewing today. You can catch the review next week. So we got Zhang Wei Li against Joanna Jendaytrick. And then... For the main card, we got Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, last style bender versus Romero, Yoel Romero. But we're going to start but we're going to start with the co-main first. And we're going to go into these two people's style and we're going to start with Ioana first. Ioana, kickboxer slash Muay Thai fighter, great with strikes, likes her right elbow a lot, throws these against the cage and decent between decently balanced between strikes and kicks. What you got for me, Nick? Well, with JJ, she she's someone that likes that doesn't like taking it to the ground as much. She likes drawing out these fights. She's fantastic in the championship rounds. Um, in terms of this division in the women's strawweight, she may be the most dominant in UFC history and uh, the short history of the strawweight division. Um, a former champion at the 115 pound level, a five time defender, defended that belt, Jacob, for two years straight. She, she's an all time great at that strawweight division, but a bad run of form as of late. She's Two and three in her last five fights. She's struggling a little bit more. She's getting up there with age as well, 32 years old. Uh, for UFC, still the prime, but you can tell she's starting to fall out a little bit. But um, she had a good last fight, and we'll talk about her even more. But um, this is going to be a good confidence booster for her on that last decision against Joanna Watterson. And uh, it could be big when you play someone like Wei Li Zhang. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these two fighters have two completely different styles. And now to Zhang. Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and she's also a jacket wrestler, uh, Chinese jacket wrestler, so she likes to take it to the ground, and she also has a kickboxing resume. And she will make you submit when she gets you to the ground, and when pushing back with strikes, we'll throw the kick at the knee, so you got to really watch out for that. What you got for me with Zhang? Yeah, well, Zhang, I mean, the right knee is, is the cemetery, isn't it? We've been making fun of a left-hand hospital, right-hand cemetery. Well, the, for Zhang, the right knee is the cemetery. Just being able to grab the opponent by the head and just knee them while they're standing, it's a fantastic strategy that she has. But um, she's someone where she likes going to the ground and submitting opponents, um, and she's been absolutely fantastic. And notably, not a lot of UFC fans really know her. A majority of her fights coming either in the preliminary rounds or you know when you're fighting in China in the early hours of the morning not many UFC fans get to witness her but she's the champion in this division for a reason it's her fantastic record she started off her mixed martial arts career 0-1 lost her first fight unbeatable ever since now sporting a 20-1 record and she's got the bell her right 
she's got the belt right now, I should say. Her right knee kick, I mean, deadliest in the class. We've been talking about it. But one thing that's very interesting with her, because we've been positive about both of these fighters, I'll say one big negative with Zhang. She has never had a fight last longer than 15 minutes. This is championship rounds. It's going to be a 25-minute affair. When we talk about to the key, the keys to the matchup, those championship rounds, that has to be JJ's strategy if they want to take the belt away from her. Yeah, I mean, with uh, JJ, she's only had four knockouts and one decision, and the rest have gone to decision. So if this if this fight goes the length, I definitely I think it's in JJ's uh, favor. So I guess we'll just hop right into the keys. For Joanna, I got... Don't get taken to the ground because that's where Zhang will definitely get you with her wrestling background. And watch out for right hooks and low knee kicks. That's really all I got for her. What you say? Well, I th I'm right on top with you first. I mean, keep it off the ground. That's got to be the main key. Zhang is fantastic when on the ground, can put in a lot of punches, likes the submissions as well. So definitely something that JJ has to avoid. Honestly, the fight as a whole, make it ugly. Keep it on keep it on the feet. Make it ugly. That's exactly what she did in her last fight against Joanna Watterson. She focused on the leg kicks and the punches to keep her away. Really early on in the fight, Watterson had an excellent opportunity to take her down, but she failed in that. That's something that Zhang Wei Li cannot do against JJ because she will make this a five-round affair and tire her opponent out. Those are the main keys, I have to say, if JJ is to win this round. Yeah, so now to Zhang... Definitely get Yuan on the ground. I think that that would be her her best option to, you know, end the fight as quick as possible. And then I said, don't let it go to decision. And then avoid the elbows. Yuan likes that right elbow a lot, especially when she gets you up like against the cage. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, JJ. A lot of her matches end in the split decision and unanimous victories. But that right elbow can really send you to the hospital and send you on the tarmac really, really quickly. And that's something that she's gonna have to avoid. Honestly, play her own. Play her own style. Don't have. Don't be forced to chase JJ around the octagon. You got to be able to just play her own style. Bring her to the ground. Take her down, which she is fantastic at. We've seen Zhang Wei Li in the highlights in the real matches in real time. If she's able to play her own style, this can end in less than three rounds for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think. I mean, I guess we're kind of transitioning into uh, you know predictions and keys and stuff, but I think the thing with Zhang is that if she takes it um, more like. If she, if she controls the pace of the fight rather than letting Ioana control the pace of the fight and not let it get drawn out, I think she'll definitely win this fight. But, I mean, Ioana has been very – I mean, she's lost two of her last three, as you said, but for most of her fights, it goes to decision. I think she'll kind of carry that on. Yeah, I think if JJ is to win, I mean, it has to be in the decision. I really don't see Zhang Wei Li getting knocked out at all. And if we're talking predictions, I, th I think that's what's going to happen. I think the first two rounds will go to Zhang Wei Li, but – Rounds three, four, and five go to JJ. She's able to hold strong, tire out Wei Li, which she has. In that one fight that she lost, I knew it was a long time ago, but she got tired legs in the third round, and that was her downfall. I think JJ's going to win this on a split decision, take her belt back one last time, because for her, and we haven't talked about this, this is her last two raw, I believe, at getting this belt. I feel like she's done after this. The strawweight has become a very, very impressive division. Girls like Joanna Watterson. And Andrade. And, and Andrade as well, who's fighting in a couple of weeks. So... For JJ, it's her last two I believe, at this division, and maybe in the UFC as a whole to get a belt. And I think she's going to know that heading into this one. And, you know, someone like Zhang Wei Li, she has a long career ahead of her still. JJ, this is a little bit of desperate to get that belt just one more time, and I think that'll be the difference. I got JJ on a split decision. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's, it's JJ's last hurrah. She's getting to the uh, latter part of her prime for sure. She's 32. She may only have one, maybe, maybe, maybe two years left 
in her prime. So I think I think I'll agree with you. I think it will go the length. I feel like Joanna has definitely prepared for this fight. I don't know if you saw on the UFC's YouTube channel what they posted. She's like, I prepared for what's coming, and she, I mean, she thinks Zhang isn't too technical of a fighter. She's just different, in my opinion, wouldn't you say? I mean, she's, it's two completely different fighting styles, isn't it? I mean, you have someone like JJ who's more orthodox and Wei Li who's just a free-for-all when she's in the octagon, isn't it? And you look at JJ, I mean, if you either do not watch UFC, if you don't know, you're just tuning in trying to get a glimpse. JJ has to be one of the fan favorites in UFC. She'll beat the crap out of someone with a big smile on her face. <laughs> like, she'll smile in the ring. She'll talk all that crap. It's, especially uh, at the press conference. Especially at the press conference. A very likable character and... Uh, you know, <laughs> the crowd's definitely going to be ruined for JJ, but um, it's still going to be a tall task for her. Even though I picked her to win, a very, very tall task. It's got to be an all-time performance from her. Oh, yeah. I completely agree with that. So, I got, I got, we got, we both got Ioana in the split decision. So, I think everybody's pretty darn excited for this main card event. We got Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Two completely different fighters. Two completely different styles. We got a kickboxer versus a freestyle wrestler. So we're going to start with Israel Adesanya's style. I had previously mentioned he's a kickboxer. And the thing with him, you don't know what he's going to do. He's completely unpredictable. He always dips that shoulder for his jab. So you think he's going to jab. Oh, nope, it's a hook. Oh, no, it's a... And guess what? That's exactly what knocked. That, that's exactly what uh, led to him knocking out Robert Whitaker because, you know, there's they call him decision Israel for a reason, and that's holding it to a decision. He was able to fake with the right and get him with the uppercut on the left, and that's what earned him this the belt, and that's going to be his first title defense against a legend in the UFC standards and Yoel Romero. Oh yeah, definitely. And then I mean the thing with Adesanya is, like I said, he if he, if you let your guard down, you're done. Especially with his left kick in a southpaw stance, that's already unorthodox in general. But with his left kick, he'll just get you right in the neck like he did a lot in kickboxing. Yeah, we talked about it with JJ. He likes keeping it off the ground. He likes being a stand-up fighter. He was a kickboxer at 75 wins in kickboxing and five losses. He was also at one point a boxer, a five and one record during his tenure. He likes keeping it up. He doesn't. It's not much, not as much as a wrestler, even though a majority of his fights go to a decision. He likes keeping it off the ground, though. He likes being a straightaway fighter and. You know, you look at his reputation now in UFC, 19-0, undefeated, never beaten. A guy who was bullied in high school in Nigeria and New Zealand because he would watch anime instead of play sports yeah. is now one of the best UFC fighters. I believe now sixth in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Mm -hmm. And what a story he's done. He began Kelvin Gastelum's downward spiral in the UFC. He took Anderson Silver to the distance and won a couple years back. His reputation and his resume, it well and truly speaks for itself as one of the best in the business at the moment. Oh, for sure. And like what you said, he doesn't like to take it to the ground. And when you notice... um. When he gets somebody onto the ground, he doesn't really pin them. He just kind of like bears over them, just starts wailing on them. Exactly, with the punches. that's what I'm saying. Even when it's on the ground, he's not trying to wrestle. Even though he's he's a freestyle wrestler, he's not someone that likes to wrestle. He he's just someone that wants to beat you, beat the crap out of you, and that's just what Adesanya's game is. Yeah. So you know, overview of Adesanya kickboxing doesn't like it on the ground. That's really all I need to know about him. Now, Yoel Romero, quite the interesting guy in my opinion. He was an Olympic freestyle wrestler, and then, you know, he decided to take his talents to the to MMA and UFC. So, freestyle wrestling, and he definitely wants to get you on the ground. That's where he will That's where he will win. And he's also just a freak athlete. And he also likes a flying knee, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, basically, the strategy for Romero, his last couple of fights has been try to hit him hard enough to where he gets on the ground and let the wrestling do the rest. He is just a massive man for this division, isn't he? Brute force and... Honestly, a lot of the hardcore UFC fans, you should know the shakeup, don't really like him based on his previous history. He's missed a handful of dr he's missed a handful of drug tests in his day. He missed a handful of weights in his day as well. Had a chance to uh, play in a title fight, missed weight for that as well. And a lot of people are upset that he's getting this title fight in the first place. He's lost three of his last four fights, and all of them coming via decision. Yeah, as I, well. he could. He, I think. I mean, a lot of people think that he. He could have won against Whitaker. People thought that that definitely could have gone either way. So I don't think people should really be too concerned about Romero's status as a fighter because uh, uh, any of those decisions could have gone either way. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, the record stands for itself 13-4 and four, and just his reputation as well. Think of Jose Aldo getting that title fight against Henry Cajudo at UFC 250. People were upset, but in the end, that's the fight that Dana White wants and that's the fight that we're going to get, similar to here with Yoel Romero and Israel Adesanya. But you look at the style of both of these fighters going back to Adesanya he's slippery isn't he? he's quick he's never gonna run out of stamina when he's in the octagon he can go the distance and he knows it and you look at Romero it's like David versus Goliath isn't it you have this brute force of a man in Romero that can take you to the ground and suffocate you Freak for all 25 minutes it's and here's the deal with Romero. It's his first ever title fight. He lost his interim fight. He lost a couple other fights just because of missing weight. This is an excellent opportunity for him to really, and he's old, I believe, too. He's well, 42. He's 42, early 40s. So this is his last hurrah as well. A little bit of desperate action there. So, I mean, it could be his last hurrah. We'll see if he can do it against the undefeated uh, style bender. Oh, yeah. I, I th So we'll go to uh, Adesanya Keys right quick, real quick, my bad. Adesanya keys. Keep Romero guessing. You can't. You can't make yourself predictable against this guy because if he if he sees something that's coming, he's just gonna come right at you. And def Romero doesn't really have a great guard. He kind of keeps his hands down a little bit. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, he does. And going back to Adesanya's keys, I mean, keep it to the championship rounds. I mean, he's 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 a decision type of guy. I get he's unpredictable, but um, he excels at winning those type of rounds. If you're able to keep pounding and pounding and pounding at Romero, keep getting those judges to give you those rounds. Make it five, similar to what JJ should do against Zaywee Lang. Zaywee Lang. Wei Zhang. Um. Just draw it out to the championship rounds where Romero gets very uncomfortable. He's big. That's a lot of muscle, a lot of weight that you're going to have to carry into those five rounds compared to Adesanya. And I think that's the main key for him is just keep pounding at him and pounding at him and pounding at him until he can't fight back. You know, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but they're both 185. I know they're both <laughs> 185, but if you've seen if you've seen Romero stand right next to Adesanya at the weigh-ins, you can tell it's just different. I can guarantee you Romero's going to be 20 pounds heavier come fight night. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Adesanya doesn't cut as much. Yeah. Romero is going to cut massive amounts. You know why he keeps missing these weigh-ins? It's because he's cutting 25 pounds before these fights. I guarantee you Romero will be 20 pounds heavier than Adesanya. He'll probably be 200, 205. Exactly. He'll be at least 200 come fight night in the octagon. And... That's a big difference. I, they'll weigh the same, but that's only going to be on the number card. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, Romero probably spends a lot of time in the in the sauna before the weigh-ins and stuff. You know, he likes that treadmill probably. Someone watches The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> where they're dragging him. Uh, I forgot who the fighter was, but they dragged him into the sauna with a sweatsuit on because he had to cut 20 pounds in a day. Uh, I can't. I can't. 
you know, we're going off topic a little bit here, but I can't imagine having to cut that much weight off. It's crazy. You know, I hear I hear stories. You know, I heard a great interview with Kamaru Usman. He's one of the rare um, welterweight fighters that doesn't cut at all, and he hears these horror stories. Guys, you know, not eating for a couple of days, while Usman, he's eating breakfast before the weigh-in. You know, that's, that's how it is. And, you know, fighters are always different. You know, some fighters like the advantage of having 10, 15 pounds on their opponent. You have guys like Usman who just want to be comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. And, I mean... I, I can't imagine it being healthy, doing all that cutting it's and stuff. Not. I mean, we know this. I mean, you look at any of these boxing stories, they're all horror stories. It's definitely not good for you. I mean, your kidneys just ache after the fact, too, because it's desperate for protein. Yeah, they just – your body's just lacking those nutrients that you need. I mean, I mean, you get, it's hard to recover those nutrients come – come game time sometimes so well i mean you know you have those nutritionists they'll yeah. fill you up with the carbs the they'll, pasta the meats they'll they'll make sure you're ready for they'll carbo load you just fine <laughs> i guarantee you you look at the weigh-ins for this matchup romero's gonna look absolutely miserable yeah, he's he, gonna try not to be but he's gonna be miserable yeah so moving on to romero's keys i think the main key for him is definitely get him to the ground Yes, that's that's 100% the key, I think. Adesanya isn't comfortable when he's on the ground. And, you know, in the rare fights where he struggles, it's when they bring it to the ground and they, you know, get him on the tarmac, isn't it? And that's got to be the key. Also, Romero, he has, though it hasn't been recently because he has lost three of his last four fights, he still has that knockout punch, that one punch to get him to the ground. If you're able to just catch Adesanya once, you know, Adesanya doesn't have the knockout punch. You know what no, I mean? It's got to be in a repetition. The Whitaker one was honestly kind of a fluke at the end of the day when we look at that one punch. It was, it was a nice punch. It was a fantastic <laughs> punch, but you I, you can't bet that Adesanya is going to replicate that against someone with the brute force of Romero. So, But Romero can't do that, and yeah. I think that's got to be the key. Make this a quick fight. It's got to be on the knockout. Romero's not going to win if it goes to the cards. Yeah, and I also, say, I also said this, like you don't mention. Take, find the punch. He he. In a sense, he's like, this is like an interesting comparison. Like Deontay Wilder with his um, unorthodoxy, and like if he if he lands, I think you're toast. Exactly. And I, I'm not saying Romero can knock out Asanya with one punch, but I tell you, it'll get him. It'll get him to the ground. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need to get back to your wrestling. That's how Romero won a lot of his fights in the early part of his UFC career, and maybe he's got to replicate just that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And don't guess, don't guess with. Uh, Adesanya, because he, you don't know what he's gonna do. No, you never know. I mean, you, yeah. I would like to know what the, what the training camp was like for Romero, but it, it involves someone moving around the octagon a lot because that's what he's gonna do. He's just gonna try to tire you out. He's gonna give you a bunch of stuff. You're just gonna have to be able to block it and counter Romero. Like you said before, you like his arms down. You gotta keep him up because you know Adesanya is gonna attack the head with those leg kicks as well. Yeah, especially he. He also, you know. I forget who it was against. I watch a lot of his kickboxing highlights. I find those fascinating. And, like, if you let that right hand down, left kick, left left shin kick to the neck, you're just toast. But the thing is with Romero, he can take a punch. I forget oh, who. Oh, of course he can. I yes. forget who it was against, but he got a whole shin to the side of his cheek. And he didn't even get knocked he down. Took it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's what we've been talking about with Yoel Romero. So, I mean, I'll say this. Zero percent chance. I mean, this could be a cold take. Zero percent chance Adesanya knocks him out or submits him. I believe. I, I think that just isn't possible for him to do. I think I'm giving him a point oh one percent chance. I'll raise those chances up you a little. Raise bit. it up a little bit. Give it a, give it enough for the Vegas odds boosters to come in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't bet money on that. I don't. I don't see him getting knocked out. He's just too tough, in my opinion. So, what are your predictions for this matchup, Nick? 
I think this is going to be a tough one early on, but at the end of the day, I think Adesanya is just too much. Maybe Romero gets one big punch. I think this is going to be a good fight. Adesanya has this trend with his fights where they're just absolute world-class. Uh, I believe two years ago, he won the fight of the year from the UFC, and then mm-hmm. last year's fight against Robert Whitaker was absolutely unreal to capture that belt. I'm expecting another high-flying one. I think it goes the distance. Unanimous decision, Adesanya, he gets his title defense. You know, I, this can really go either way, in my opinion. I, I'm kind of 50-50 on who will win I'll say here. this, both fights can go either way. And that's what makes this card so good, is the fact that it's so unpredictable. You look at the last big UFC fight, Cowboy versus McGregor, I think we kind of all knew what was going to happen. Khabib versus McGregor, you could tell in the first round how the fight was going to be. You cannot predict what happens in these two fights from round one to round five, and that's what makes it so fascinating. And and, and the thing is, like they're kind of comparable. Like One's a kickboxer in the in the strawweight in the women's, and one's a kickboxer in the men's. One's, one's a wrestler in the women's, and one's a wrestler in the men's. So they're kind of comparable in that sense. But with the, with the main card with Romero Adesanya, I, I honestly don't know who to pick because they're just so different. If Romero gets a hold of you, you're toast. There's no, there's no getting out of the clinch. There's no getting off of the ground after that. And if Romero lands one big punch, it'll get you to the ground, and then it's over. But with Adesanya, if he finds a way to keep his distance and attack Romero, it'll... So, It'll be unanimous either way. It'll either be a KO or a decision, in my opinion. Yeah, so, KO from Romero, decision to Adesanya? Yeah, that's what I think. I can't really see it going any other way. I mean, I really can't, can you? No. It'll be a cra- but no doubt, it'll be a crazy one. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, this car's exciting. I didn't put this on the uh, uh, itinerary, but it came up in the past week. We got Wilder Fury 3 uh, scheduled for July 18th in Las Vegas. So, I don't... We talked about this a little bit last week. I don't see this one necessarily living up the hype. What uh, hype that the last one did? What do you think, Nick? Well, here's the, f- I mean, here's the facts: is that Fury outboxed Wilder twice. Yeah. And you wonder what's the point of a third time. I get it's in the clause of the contract, and I, I mean, if you're a Wilder, of course you're gonna take that. You're gonna take that payday yeah. if anything. But it's bad for boxing, and I feel like. Ah, man, this is the difference between boxing and UFC because the best fighters are going to face the best fighters at least two or three times a, two or three times a year. McGregor's going to have three fights against some fantastic competition. I mean, no offense to the Russian guy that Joshua was playing against, but I mean, I've never heard of I, him. I, I didn't I? hear. I, you hadn't heard of him before no, this? I no, I hadn't had. heard of him before this. And, you know, and this is the problem with boxing. Those, when the fights happen, they're fantastic. Wilder, Fu- Wilder and Fury, too absolutely took over the internet and it was fantastic but you need more of that and with joshua losing to um the mexican guy uh, oh ruiz uh, yeah andy, andy ruiz. ruiz and it's just boxing has such potential now with these heavyweights but it's they're getting into their own way aren't they they're just yeah. getting in their own way first off with joshua b- losing to andy ruiz having to have such a long delay because it would have been Wilder Joshua after that I believe it, the Fury fight would have never happened and now we have to wait for Fury and Wilder three to happen in July and after that we don't know what Fury's going to do his fight contract is up he may just give up boxing in general I know Joshua he has a sense of dodging fighters in the past and you know you just wonder what this means for the sport of boxing I mean the best case scenario is Fury Joshua eventually in 2021 or 2022 but if that doesn't happen I mean I know I know a lot of people are coming back to boxing for the first time in a long time since uh you know the era of Mayweather but 
you know, I mean, they're not going to have a reason to come back if Fury Joshua never happens. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't see why Wilder would want to, to schedule this fight as early as July rather than waiting for Joshua Fury and then Wilder challenging for the title. You know what I mean? That would have been the smartest case scenario, but um, I, I mean, I don't see much change in the Wilder's Wilder decided to keep his old trainer. I don't see much really changing. I would have loved to see Wilder Joshua. If I were to give you a percent chance that ever happens, it'd be you know less than ten percent at this point, which is a shame because those two would be a fantastic matchup. Yeah, Wilder Joshua never happened, and maybe uh, Joshua Fury will never happen. That's what I'm concerned about. I want I I want I've been wanting to see that fight for a couple years with Fury and Joshua. So the last thing that boxing needs is another Mayweather Pacquiao where it takes six, seven, eight years to finally get a fight, and then it'd be a total flop. I mean, I don't want to see a 38 year old Tyson Fury with that beer gut getting bigger and bigger against, you know, Anthony Joshua at 36 and have it be just a slugfest. You want these guys in their prime, and they're in their prime right now. Yeah, they're both in their prime. 30 and 31 for Fury and Joshua, and then Wilder's kind of getting out of that prime. He's he's starting to, but you know he's still got that in him, you know Yeah, he got that punch. He's got got that that punch. punch. He's never going to get rid of that punch, too. Yeah, that's that's the scary part about him. So we're, we're, we're about to wrap it up here. Any final thoughts? There's just one more th- thing I want to oh, mention. Oh, absolutely. Um, preliminary cards on ESPN. There's one fighter I've been paying a lot of attention to, Sean O'Malley. He won the uh, Dana White Contender Series. He's had an excellent start. Young 25-year-old. He's not in his prime yet. He's facing another youngster in Jose Quinton- Quintonez. He's a youngster in terms of being young to the sport. He is 29, so just entering his prime. It's going to be a big match for Sean O'Malley. I saw him in a fight night card, and he absolutely knocked out this dude. It was fantastic. So I'm very excited. He's headlining the preliminary card, if that means anything. So if you're on ESPN, 8 o'clock, i definitely check it out. Okay. Um, that'll do it for us here. You can check us out for the review sometime next week. We're not sure, Tuesday or Thursday. That'll be around the time it'll come out. And we'll have Daniel Woods our big UFC guy back here. He, he was really disappointed he couldn't be on this show, but he will be back in full force next week for the review of UFC 248. I am Jacob Janoski, and with Nick Severini, we are signing off. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we shall see you guys next week.